Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, once again here with my architecturally interesting uh, podcast co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Although I think that's like a euphemism for you have a funny looking face <laughs> when I hear that. You know, kind of like she's got a nice personality. She's architecturally interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I went with architecturally interesting because of your architecturally interesting nose. Oh, so, okay. Fair enough. Which becomes more interesting every month that goes by. I think it's kind of going very well over there. What do you think? I love it. I love, I love my new nose. I'm glad you love it. And it is the architectural approach to rhinoplasty that I was interested in talking about today. If you're, if you're up for it, another rhinoplasty topic. Always up for rhinoplasty. Well, good, because there's all this uh, sort of, there's all been battles over how to do rhinoplasty, closed versus open, preservation, structural, a, a bunch of stuff that I think um, I'm now going to join in on. Okay. What is, what, so tell me, what is your contribution here? My contribution, if I were to write a textbook, which mm. I highly doubt that I ever will, the textbook would be called Architectural Rhinoplasty. Ooh. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that was the uh, reaction that I was hoping for. Okay, good. So it's, uh, what is architectural rhinoplasty to you? Or, or really just in general, because you just made it up. So Yeah, it's been... That's no, so not to you, just, yeah. It's been a while that I've been saying <laughs> that term, and I've always felt that, you know, should I go to Springer and say, let's write a textbook right. or a team or whoever? And um, I've felt that architectural rhinoplasty really represents the concept where by you are planning the rhinoplasty, much like an architect plans the building of a building. Mm -hmm. And you need to have certain things in that nose to make it A, look great, and B, be functional. Mm -hmm. And it's all connected. You can't ignore the the form without the function. It's It, it has to be, they're, they're intertwined, they are commingled, they work together, it's all part of the same thing. And if you approach it that way, what I found is that no matter what I find in a nose, no matter what problems are there from a previous rhinoplasty, if it's a, you know, a, a congenital problem, if there's humps or diving tips or weak cartilage, if you take an architectural approach, you're going to wind up with something that you really like that's going to be consistent with what you want the nose to look like and should be functionally sound. Which makes sense to me, because when I think of architecture, or when you say the terminology architectural rhinoplasty, I compare it to what has historically been referred to as structural rhinoplasty. And in the plastic surgery world, when we hear structural rhinoplasty, we think of adding structure to the nose, making it stronger, giving it support. Architectural anything is going to do the same thing. Because you can't have a building without structure. But when I think of the word architecture, I think of something pretty, something designed, something beautiful, something that has, you know, an aesthetic look to it. So it, to me, it sounds like you're combining the aesthetics of how something looks with, like, form and function. Yeah, it, it, it's just that. I think the term structural rhinoplasty is a bit crude for me. Um, that sort of... Uh, misses the point. Whereas architectural rhinoplasty, people go, oh, I get it, like an architect. Like an architect. Yes. Yeah, so like like an architect, the way that I think about rhinoplasty is obviously making a diagnosis first. You look at the nose, you listen to the history of the patient, you 
you go through all the uh, the ins and the outs of why the person's there in the first place to have rhinoplasty. And then you begin your planning phase. You start to say, well, what would you like? What What is it that you're looking to achieve with this operation? And then you take those goals and start to marrying, marry them with what's possible and what you can do for the nose. And of course, there in in my world, there are things that I'm looking for as I do a rhinoplasty. I'm looking for great tip support. I'm looking for the external and internal valves to be workable to make sure that they're going to be supported, but also uh, they have to look, the the external structure has to look nice, right. despite the fact that we need to use cartilage grafts or the native cartilage to do the job of keeping the nose working. Uh, it goes all the way from the bones down to the tip of the nose, to the septum, all the way into the, the ethmoid plate and the vomer. And in order to really be an, a, a nose architect, you have to know where you're trying to get to. And that, of course, comes from plans. So when you have plans and you know what you're looking to do, then the architecture of what the the, the moves are, what, what graphs you need, what needs to be reduced, what needs to be built up, that becomes very obvious to me. And so you, you sort of get into this nose whisperer type <laughs> of situation where it's like, I don't think it matters what you find in the nose as long as when you finish, you've got all the stuff that you're looking for so that the nose works and looks great. And you gotta have both. You know, a nose that looks great, but you can't breathe through, is not, a, is not a happy nose, and that is not a happy patient. They will be back. And same thing, you build a nice nose that they can breathe through, but it doesn't look good, well, the patient may or may not be happy with that. So you kinda gotta have both. You do, and that's why the, the principles of rhinoplasty are much more important to me than the uh, sort of the rules and the possible graphs and the naming of this and naming of that and five reasons for a call you Miller strut. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> you, are you looking for a rant? Is that what you want? No, I maybe I just, you're looking for a I rant. I needle you and then I cut you off. <laughs> I'm like, I poke the bear. <laughs> five reasons for a call you Miller strut. The three top reasons that people want to have rhinoplasty. I mean, oh my God. It's like, it's social media communication that is, it's really gotten sort of over the top too much, hasn't it? I mean, that, I was making fun of that because that's the classic like board questions, things we have to know in mm. our exam and we have to be able to regurgitate it, you know, as part of our learning. Of course. So, and there are very real reasons to learn it because these are things you need to know. But in mm. actual practice, once you've been in practice for many years and what you do is sort of innate and you have a real understanding, you're not looking at a nose and thinking like, what are the five reasons I would do this? You're looking at it from a really holistic, like overall, how am I going to make this overall nose better? Important things to know, sure, but not necessarily applicable you know, at this stage. Yeah. Those five reasons for this and the top six reasons that this and the three ways that we, I mean, that that's all, I guess, useful to know the options and you should know the options. Uh, but I just, the, the communication style has gotten <laughs> it's it, it's gotten weird, you know. It's really gotten out there a bit, but you know, you got to compartmentalize. You got to be able to package stuff up for people to learn it. Mm -hmm. They want that. They want to be able to, you know, have test questions. That's a big thing, yeah. right? Board questions and and recertification questions. So you want to have all that, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to reserve my rant for yeah. This uh, one's another. not worth it. No, it's not, <laughs> and nobody cares. Nobody cares. But they do care about having a beautiful nose that's functional. At a thousand percent. So with that, I, I do want to say that 
in terms of the the things that you can do, the the seven things that you can do to plan your rhinoplasty, um, <laughs> uh, you do want to obviously make the diagnosis of what the problems are that you're addressing. I think that sounds so silly to say that to doctors, but think about it. I mean, you need to know what, what's the wh- problem. What are the problems? Yeah. What's the diagnosis? Are what? Why can't they breathe? Um, just saw a patient that has seen, I think they said 14 surgeons hmm. about their airway obstruction. Hmm. And the patient says, I, I can't breathe. I'm miserable. Uh, it's been bad and it's getting worse. And everybody I go to says my airway's wide open. Hmm. You know, and they've, I've had a septoplasty. I've had this. I've had that. You know, I've had the rhinoplasty and I just cannot breathe through my nose. Okay. So I look and the, the airways, like there's a person in front of me that's, let's say five foot 10, but the airway looks like it's somebody that's like for like a, like a kid, like somebody who's like three foot six and has hmm. actually grown up yet. And I was like, yeah, the airways are open. They're this big. They're the size of a, of a drinking straw. Hmm. And I said, so they're open, but it's not enough. They're, they're too small. And then sure enough on the imaging, you could see that the bones have been brought in too much, like all mm. the things, it's all right there. But at first glance, if you don't dive deeper and say, why is this person who's seen, you know, and maybe I needed that fact that they'd seen so many right. surgeons. To look a little bit deeper. To go, well, they're missing something, yeah. aren't they? Because she says she can't breathe. And, you know, then I have her breathe in and everything collapses and it's terrible. And it's because everything was very narrow and very constricted. So just taking that minute to to look a little bit further get a little bit beyond the 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 obvious you know cuz the airways were open and the septum was pretty dang straight she needed more needed more got to look a little further so in 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 that that's where the architectural piece comes into make the diagnosis know what you're dealing with what's your platform like what's you know what's the foundation look like start from the bottom go to the top Look at every aspect of it, and that's how you really get to the the best plan for that individual patient. And, of course, when you're there doing the operation, you know what you're trying to do. You know what you're trying to achieve. And if you, if you can have the vision for the final result, that's when you can get the structure and the function all to work together and get a great result. A la an architectural rhinoplasty. I like it. So I just wanted to kind of explain that. I like and, that. When, when is the series of books coming out, volumes one, two, and three? Um, I'm hoping that um, sometime long after I'm dead that some <laughs> ghostwriter will come around and say, you know, I should really write this stuff up. Yeah. It's very helpful. Let me, let me talk about the techniques of Calvert. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it's happening. I, I think it's my... Hard. I, I mean, you got to give props got to the people that, that write textbooks. That is, that is a feat. Oh, it's impressive. I just, I, I don't have the time. Yeah. You know, it's like... I, I think something has to give if you're going to get a textbook done. Uh, I knew a guy who wrote, wrote a textbook when I was a medical student. He was a plastic surgeon. He got divorced. But his textbook <laughs> got done. So he gave up his marriage to write the textbook. Um, something has to give. Yeah. You know, like um, I know a plastic surgeon wrote a textbook, blew his brains out, you know, with a, you know after finishing the textbook. Jeez. So, yeah, I mean, there's like things are things are bad when you have to work that hard. So I think everybody who does do the textbook thing, you got to give something up in order to get it done because it's a, it's a huge 
undertaking. If, if you're going to write it, if you have everybody else write it, then I don't think it matters. You yeah. know, like that's the, that's the classic way to write a textbook. Oh, and I'm not doing that. <laughs> if I'm going to write the textbook, I'm going to write the textbook. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm writing a textbook. Hey, uh, so-and-so right give a me a chapter on, on, DCFs. Uh, yeah. on, on uh, spreader graphs. Hey, you know, get my fellows to write these four chapters each, yeah. you know, they got to be done by the end of the year. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't think that's useful. And when textbooks are written by the residents and the fellows, I don't think it has the same impact. Like if, if I were to write the textbook, I think my textbook is this podcast, quite honestly. I think uh, you and I both are able to lay down our thinking about our operations, about the the things that we do, and, and I think it's very useful for people. Well, then no textbook, just podcast. I'm okay with that. Are you good, are you good with mm -hmm. that one? Yes. Cool. Well, anyway, I think that's where we stand today for architectural rhinoplasty, and this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at ravelloplasticsurgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com, Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.